Hello and welcome into the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gotta. Join me each week as I tackle life's most important question. How do I become a saint? Merry Christmas from Gotta Be Saints. Before we get started, I want to share with you our sponsors, Syndicate Strategies. They are a full-service marketing agency owned and operated by two Catholic business partners who have been working together for over 25 years. Syndicate helps connect businesses to customers using the most current technology. They can help you create powerful, engaging websites and e-commerce stores that bring results. Find out what Syndicate can do for you at sinstrat.com saints. That's sinstrat.com saints. If you're like me and you love to wear your faith on your sleeve, I invite you to check out the Catholic Company. They're a one-stop shop for resources that will help you grow in your Catholic faith. They understand the importance of truth, goodness, and beauty. And although Christmas is about to be upon us, the Christmas season continues. So feel free to buy that last-minute gift from the Catholic Company. Use code Gotta Be Saints today for fifteen percent off your order. That's code Gotta Be Saints today, all one word for fifteen percent off. The Catholic Company, because faith matters. Well, I am overjoyed to be recording this podcast today with the simple message of Merry Christmas. I have been thinking about what to talk about this week as we lead up to this great day, this great feast. The Christmas season is about to be upon us. We are still here in Advent, but we are about to enter into the Christmas season. And for so many of us, it is so easy to let these next few days pass without thinking or taking even a moment's breath to pray. Why? Because it's so busy. We are finishing up the last things at work. We are getting uh, together with family and friends. We are finishing our holiday gift list. We are checking off all the boxes. And sometimes the thing that gets left out is him, the reason for the season. And we talk about it every year. We, We know it. We heard about it probably in the homily at Sunday Mass. I'm sure uh, most priests made reference to the silence, or they talked about the church schedule. They told you, well, Christmas Day Masses or Christmas Eve Masses, there'll be three or four Masses on Christmas Eve, there'll be two or three on Christmas Day, and then a reminder that the 26th is also a holy day of obligation. These are all wonderful things to hear, and yet sometimes they just go in one ear and out the other. But we don't want to do that this year. We don't want to let this Christmas season get by us because the Lord Jesus Christ is coming. God is becoming man so that we might one day have eternal life with him. He comes only to eventually sacrifice himself for humanity. And that's a beautiful thing, and yet it can be so easy to Just let it all go past and forget. And so I want to invite you, I want to invite myself into not allowing for that. So, of course, the tangibles. I invite you on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day to not let your only prayer be Mass. For most people, they'll attend Mass that day. But if you're like me, that Mass is oftentimes not very restful, not very peaceful, because there's more people in the church than usual, 
which is a beautiful thing, but it doesn't allow for the same space of contemplation. You're looking around, you're seeing all the moving parts, all the people coming in, people walking in 10 minutes late, um, people standing because there's no seats. And these are all beautiful things. I mean, I'd much rather have that person there than not have them there, no doubt. For some people, this is the only time they'll go to Mass all year. And so I say, come, welcome, join us, and think about coming again. You're welcome here. And so I think that is so important to, to, to hit upon. And yet, the Mass itself can be very much uh, just almost like a, a production because of how crazy the church building is. And so I invite you, especially on either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, or if you can manage it both days, to spend some time in prayer. If that be with your family, praying the rosary, or if that be on your own, just opening up the Bible, reading Luke chapter 2. It's a beautiful, beautiful passage, and it kind of allows you to enter into what you're about to really enter into. It allows you to read the scripture for the feast that you're about to celebrate. And so I invite you to do that. And then, of course, as I've said multiple times, do the same thing the next week. We are invited to pray constantly, and we're invited to pray past just the 24th and 25th. Christmas does not end on the 25th. So I invite you to do that, and I invite you to make Mass a priority uh, on one of those two days, but also on the 26th. It's a holy day of obligation because it's a Sunday. So it's uh, you're still expected to go to Mass on that Sunday, the 26th. And so I will stop there with the practicals of prayer, <clears throat> and now I'll just give you something just to kind of reflect on. I want to read that Luke chapter 2 just briefly, and then I just want to share a, a few pieces of uh, meditation that I gained from this passage, and maybe you guys will gain something from it too. So we enter with Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Saul went to be enrolled, each to his own town. And Joseph too went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David that is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to have her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were shepherds in the region, living in the fields and keeping the night watch over their flock. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were struck with great fear. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you who is Messiah and Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find an infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels went away from them to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go then to Bethlehem to see the thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. 
When they saw this, they made known the message that had been told to them about this child. All who heard it were amazed by what had been told to them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things, reflecting on them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. That was Luke 1, chapter 2, verse 1 through 20. A few things that I want to share with you, and then I, of course, will stop this episode. I wanted to keep it brief. But firstly, the Holy Family. If there's anything that you and I can reflect on over these next few days, it should be the Holy Family. There's beauty there. For all of us, we come from a family, however broken. And in all the ways that our family fails us to be uh, what we need, I think God, in his infinite goodness and wisdom, has given us the Holy Family to then draw on those things that are lacking. So if your relationship with your father is not perfect, look to St. Joseph to be the person to fill those gaps. If your relationship with your mother is not great, look to Mary. If your relationship with your siblings, if you have any, is not great, look to Jesus, the Son. The Blessed Mother provides us wonderful, wonderful advice or a wonderful example. Nine months earlier, she said, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to thy word. Her fiat, she said yes. And she, in this yes, takes on something that you and I would never be able to fully endure because of our sinfulness. But she takes on the motherhood of the Lord Jesus, but she also takes on the the plan of redemption. When Mary is invited in to be the mother of God, when God the Father decides that the best way for our salvation is going to be through Jesus becoming fully man and fully God and fully man, he invites Our Lady into our redemption. We use the term co-redemptrix, and it does not mean that she is quote-unquote necessary in the only way. It's more of a, a lowercase c in that redemption, but she is a part of it because our Lord chooses for her to be a part of it. He decides to come. Jesus Christ decides to come as man, and in that, decides to invite someone else into our redemption. And so the Blessed Mother is given a role unlike anyone else. She is asked to help our redemption in a way that we can't even fathom, we can't even understand. But it is a beautiful, beautiful task, and it is one that she takes willingly and lovingly. And so we in turn need to turn to the Blessed Mother and with full confidence, lively confidence, we need to turn to her with our needs. And in this moment, as we look at Jesus Christ being born in the manger, we see a mother holding her child, unconcerned about the things of the world in that moment, but just concerned for the life of her her little baby who she loves so much. Secondarily, I ask you to look at St. Joseph. This is a man who tried to leave 
the blessed mother it's in scripture says he attempt he was going to divorce her quietly please understand that this does not mean saint joseph was thinking bad thoughts about mary that she had done something bad no no this was a declaration of humility understanding that he didn't understand the full weight of what was going on and yet he knew or he felt that he was not worthy to be the father of this child. And so he wanted to step away. But of course, that wasn't God's plan. God had asked Joseph to be a part of this. And so in a dream, the angel appeared to him and told him to take Mary to be his wife. And so too, now we have the second part of the Holy Family, the Blessed Mother, who is the Immaculate Conception. She's born without sin, that original sin that is on the hearts of everyone else. And now Joseph, who, you know, for all we know, might not have sinned during his life, but still had that original sin, he enters the fold, and he takes on the role of Jesus's earthly father, a role that I'm sure was a difficult one, and yet one that Joseph took on quite beautifully. He's very silent. He doesn't say anything in scripture. And maybe this is something for you and I to reflect on over these next few days. The gift of silence, of humble obedience, of docility. And also, I I can only imagine as a man, the great weight that must have been felt on his shoulders, understanding that firstly, he's here with this baby that he's not so much ready to take on. I'm sure that this was a task and uh, something that was going to stretch him, but the fact that they got to Nazareth and had nowhere to stay, it tells you about uh, their financial situation. It's not like Jesus came into a rich family. No, no, no. They are facing poverty, and the poverty is shown right away. And yet, is it not beautiful to look at, to look at the poverty that they faced And the fact that Joseph was so willing to continue to be docile to the Lord, even in this situation that was stretching him greatly. And this didn't start here. No, this started when he said yes to being the father. This started when he most likely walked with Mary to visit Elizabeth. He left his workshop for however many days the journey was, just so that he knew his bride-to-be would be safe. And then in turn, he had to pick her back up and bring her home. And now here he's walked to Bethlehem with her. He's taking care of all of her needs. And now they've had this child. And of course, we know the rest of the story. More difficulties ensue. Pretty soon they're off to Egypt in a land that they don't know, a foreign place. And he has to provide for both the Blessed Mother and also Jesus, the Son of God. This is quite a task, but his humility and docility give us a lens of how we are called to live our lives. We are called to live in a humble spirit and being docile to the Lord's plan and understanding that even when things look difficult and trying, he will provide, he will take care of us. And then lastly, for the Holy Family, we look at Jesus Christ, a God who loves us so much that he comes in the form of man. He comes to sacrifice himself so that we may one day be with him. I don't need to go into great length about this great gift because 
We hear about it, and we know about it, and we feel it in our hearts every single day. But I will say this, brothers and sisters, let us never take it for granted. Let us have our prayer every single day be, Jesus Christ, help me, so that I may not take for granted the great gifts that you've given me, most especially the gift of yourself. And I invite you, brothers and sisters, to really turn to the Eucharist. I am always thinking about how great a gift this is and also how great a gift it is that we oftentimes don't take advantage of. Jesus Christ himself is there in the form of bread and wine. He is there every single day in most places, especially here in the States, to be received. And we oftentimes don't take advantage of that great gift. Now, understanding that schedules do not permit for this in many cases, but I pray and hope that for none of us, laziness is the reason we don't receive our Lord Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, because this is the greatest of gifts. It is the source and summit of our faith. Jesus Christ came and now stays with us in the form of bread in such a humble manner. And so I invite you to reflect on that. That's why I'm so keen on inviting you into going to Mass on the 24th or 25th, but also on the 26th, and if possible, on those days after. And if you're unable to get to Mass, I invite you to make a spiritual communion every single day. A spiritual communion prayer can be found online, but it is such a wonderful thing to pray and just to ask Jesus Christ to enter your heart in a more profound way. And then, of course, lastly, the last piece of this is the shepherds. This is us, brothers and sisters. We're the shepherds. We're out doing our tasks, and yet our Lord comes to, to us. He appears, the angels appear to us, and they say, there's a great thing happening just down the road. They tell him the God-made man is here. And what do the shepherds do? They leave the field and they go to the Lord to give praise and glory and honor. And so for many of us, it's going to be easy over these next couple weeks to see our Lord in the manger, to be told about our Lord in the manger, and yet not journey to him. So I invite you, to make the journey, to make the sacrifices over the next few weeks, to be drawn to him, to come to know him in a greater way, and just to give him thanks for all that he's done for you, that he's done for me. He is worthy of our praise and adoration. And so that is what I invite you into, invite myself into over these next few weeks. I know this message might sound similar to the one you've heard on this podcast, but it, it goes without saying that this message needs to be heard again and again and again. Jesus Christ, God made man, came in the form of a child, and he asks us to give him praise and glory and adoration. And how can we say no to such a great request? God bless you. Merry Christmas. And Happy New Year.